0: Welcome to Banking on KC. I'm your host, Kelly Scanlon. Thank you for joining us. With us on this episode is John Yost, the founder of a new nonprofit called Pharmacy of Grace. John has a long history in the pharmacy and pharmaceutical business, and he has a pharmacy degree from KU. Welcome, John.
1: Thank you, Kelly. It's my pleasure, and thanks for asking me.
0: You founded Pharmacy of Grace to improve access to prescription medications, primarily for vulnerable populations, uninsured, underinsured individuals. What kinds of services do you offer in particular through Pharmacy of Grace?
1: Well, Kelly, we offer the same type of services that most community pharmacies do, but our particular aim is treating, managing chronic diseases, which oftentimes are fatal, if not managed. We, of course, have prescription services, which all pharmacies do, but our aim is on the uninsured patient. We can provide prescriptions for anyone that walks in the door, but we are focusing on uninsured population. Second thing we have is health screening, which Some pharmacies do that, but uh, they're very simple. Blood pressure and blood glucose. And why that's important, just recently we were filming for a news station and uh, Mercy and Truth had a patient of theirs come in for the broadcast. And that particular patient, we didn't realize it had gone to the emergency department the night before with a blood glucose of 600, which is extremely high. Now, if they would have come into Pharmacy of Grace and we did a simple blood glucose monitoring, we would have caught that and possibly prevented that visit to the emergency department and that interruption in that patient's life. So that's why we're doing that. Third thing is we will be offering immunizations. And at the beginning, it will be primarily in the pharmacy. But our goal is to have a pharmacist that can be mobile and go out to different locations, such as schools or churches or businesses any place that doesn't really have good access to immunizations and we also want to eventually have mental health referrals and our staff will be training to be able to recognize that situation and then the last one which is maybe the most important thing is that We will be having counseling with each patient conducted by the pharmacist. The way our configuration is set up, we have that opportunity to have rooms where the pharmacist actually sits down with each and every patient.
0: And when you talk about counseling, you're talking about how to use the medication and how it will work best for them, that kind of thing, right? Absolutely. Every patient
1: will know what they're taking, why they're taking it, how to take it, and maybe most importantly, what happens if you don't take it.
0: Before you founded Pharmacy of Grace, you saw these issues from a number of different vantage points. You started, for example, as a community pharmacist, and then you opened your own pharmacy in Oklahoma. You sold that, and you began on the other opposite side where you were selling pharmaceuticals for Roach Labs in Topeka. And then you were a sales and operations director for the pharmaceutical industry and then you became a pastor at Church of the Resurrection. So you've seen a lot in the industry. And as I said, you've seen it from many, many different perspectives. What inspired the idea for Pharmacy of Grace? What was it? What moment did you have that finally said, I need to do this?
1: It was a long journey. As you mentioned, I left the pharmaceutical industry in 2016 to become A pastor and I went to work for Church of the Resurrection in their mission department. And my job was to develop mission trips in the United States. So I was in Columbus, Ohio at a little church called Church for All People and I just stumbled on in the pastor's office this postcard and it just stopped me. And I started reading it said Charitable Pharmacy of Central Ohio and actually I think I Almost got goosebumps when I read it. So I started asking, what is this? Yeah. So after about 10 questions, they said, Are you, would you like to tour this? <laughs> and so I said, sure. They were serving a homeless population. They had counseling rooms and they'd take each patient in, talk to them about their medication. There were pharmacy students in there. There were techs there were clerks there were pharmacists and residents and just a vibrant place to be. And so I returned twice to learn more, uh, what they were doing, and to serve. And then I came back, and I was really busy in in that job, developing those trips, but I just couldn't get it out of my mind. It kept popping back. And so finally I, I said, okay, I need to really take action on this. So I did research I discern, and I prayed about it. And then finally, 2018, I just had to do something about it.
0: Let's talk about that. You decided to move forward with this idea in 2018. You formed a board and you applied for 501c3 status, but then you've experienced a number of delays. Now, from what I understand, you have, as of this date, you've received some grants that have allowed you to become operational, correct?
1: Yes, we have. Initially, before COVID, we had a couple of initial grants from Reach Foundation and Church of the Resurrection, a small grant, and those allowed us to get our capacity up to speed, it's just all the things you need to really start operations. And we paused, and and after COVID, then we started receiving grants. Our, we had a significant grants from Health Forward, from Advent Health, and then larger grant from Church of the Resurrection which really allowed us to, to start uh, in earnest to move forward to opening. And since then we had an amazing grant from the Sunderland Foundation, which paid for the bulk of the renovations. Mercy and Truth gave us uh, a grant to help with those renovations. So that was basically all paid for. Uh, Mariner Foundation, Dunn Foundation. And then just recently we uh, received a grant from h and Block Foundation which paid for the rest of our equipment in in the pharmacy. So uh, we've received a lot of support. We're we're not quite there on the operation side, but uh, we're getting close. We need about 150 thousand uh, by the end of our first year of operation to pay for you know pays for everything just to run the organization, the st- salaries and the supplies and that sort of thing. So we do need a little bit more money and. We have a website, pharmacyofgrace.org, that you can go to, and it has a donation button on there for anybody that would like to donate.
0: Where are you working from? Because I know that you are actually working on a facility in Wyandotte County right now.
1: We're uh, almost complete with our renovations at the facility in Wyandotte. It's at 721 North 31st Street, right across the hall from Mercy and Truth Medical Missions. And so we are... In the final phases, our opening date is uh, July 11th right now if supply chain doesn't hit us. So we're almost done. It'll be a state-of-the-art pharmacy. It'll look a lot different than what most pharmacies look when you walk in the door. Most pharmacies say you go to a chain pharmacy, you look back there, you see the pharmacist and all this shelving and stuff. With us, it will be a waiting room And then there's three counseling rooms, and two of them are a one-on-one, one-on-two or three size counseling rooms, and one's a large room that can accommodate a family, because uh, in many cases, the whole family comes to the doctor, and then they come to the pharmacy, so you have to have a place where everyone can be, and so that's a lot different than most pharmacies you walk into.
0: How will people find out about you? Will you be working with partner organizations in the community?
1: Absolutely. We, uh, of course, we're right across the hall from Mercy and Truth. They, They recruited us into the building, so they're a very strong partner. We've been in contact with the Duchesne Clinic, Swope Clinic, any of the clinics in the area we've already had contact with, so they know that We're coming and they're anxiously awaiting us. We also have talked to organizations like El Centro and Avenue of Life, which each have their own specialty, but they have large populations of people that they serve. Medicine Cabinet, who provides acute prescriptions, they're anxiously awaiting us because we're very close to some of their agencies they use. So, yes, we're out in the community, we're talking to really as many people as we can.
0: Set the scene for us about the critical need for an organization like Pharmacy of Grace. You mentioned uh, earlier in our conversation that you're especially in tune with people who have critical illnesses, critical diseases, and and the importance of trying to get them medication that can help turn things around for their lives. Set the scene for, for why This kind of an organization is needed, especially where's the greatest need in the Kansas City area and why?
1: Before we even formed the board, I spent a lot of time looking into this. and Actually, I was interviewing someone we hired and they asked me, why would you come to Wyandotte County? And so as I did research, what I found, and it's recently just confirmed by the University of Wisconsin County Health Study, ranking study, University of Wisconsin, they rank all the counties in the United States. So you can look at it by state. And they just recently came out and showed that Wyandotte County is ranked near the bottom in health outcomes, which that's quality of life and length of life. And they're ranked dead last in the state of Kansas in health factors, which that's education related to health and access to healthcare. The Pharmacy of Grace falls right in access to healthcare. And one thing I found is that a lot of surveys and research was done, but rarely did they just focus on prescription drug access, which to me was the missing gap. Because if you have a primary care provider and they're the greatest diagnostician in the world, they're excellent patients, they have a plan, they do all this work, and they write prescriptions, their tool to treat chronic disease is typically prescriptions. And... If they do all that work and then the patient can't get it, that's just all the work that made no difference basically. So and the reason that it's so important in Wyandotte County, almost one in five people have no medical insurance. So if you look various sites, it's seventeen to twenty one percent are uninsured. That's twenty eight thousand to thirty thousand people and then 14% of the population of dot are diabetics so that's over 23,000 people diabetes is uh, a devastating disease if not managed because you can lose limbs you can go blind and eventually you'll have organ shutdown which you know is fatal and even our partner right across the hallway diabetes is in their top five diagnosis. So the patients walking in that door.
0: And that's the Mercy and Truth clinic you're talking about?
1: Yes, Mercy and Truth Medical Missions, which is right across the hall from where we'll be. And probably the the most shocking figure to me when I was doing the research, which is really the sign that it's not being managed, are the hospitalization rates. So in Wyandotte County, the the diabetic patient are being hospitalized, 31.9 per 10,000 population, which compares to the state of Kansas, 16.9 per 10,000. So approaching double. When I first saw that, I thought, is that right? And then I started looking at all these other disease states, and they were pretty consistently that much higher. And there are some reasons why that's happening And it's a national problem, but my guess is it's probably even greater in Wyandotte. And the national data shows that out of every 10 prescriptions written, two to three are never filled. And there can be many reasons why people don't fill the prescriptions, but one of those is just they can't afford it or they don't have access. The second thing, which is probably more important – and almost equally shocking is that every prescription that's filled and taken by patients, one out of two of them are not taken as prescribed. So those two things, the estimate is is costing the US healthcare system a hundred billion dollars a year because people either can't get prescriptions or they're not taking them correctly. There's a whole host of negative outcomes that can happen Sometimes it's worse if you're taking it incorrectly versus not taking it at all. So there is some light at the end of the tunnel there because there's data that show that pharmacists have 12 times more contacts with patients than primary care providers do. I view that as 12 times more opportunities because if you've ever got a prescription filled in most of the pharmacies that we walk into, the typical scenario is the clerk is handing you the the bag across the counter and they say do you have any questions for the pharmacist and everybody always answers no i don't so that's a missed opportunity the pharmacist could have interacted with that patient so pharmacy of grace we won't miss that opportunity because we won't hand the drug to anybody without the pharmacist talking to
0: them we were talking about you know you still need donations but are there other ways our listeners can become involved with pharmacy of grace
1: so the primary way people can get involved is to, number one, tell their friends about Pharmacy of Grace. Uh, We're on Facebook. We're on LinkedIn. They can forward our uh, information, share their information with their friends so that the word gets out there. And then if they do want to donate, as I said, you can go on our website, pharmacyofgrace.org, and there's a donate button. So those are probably the best ways right now.
0: As you become operational and begin delivering your services, what vision do you have of success?
1: Well, Kelly, I I think that goes back to why we're doing that. And I I would say why I'm doing it, but our staff and our board, we're all aligned on why we're doing this. And it really reflects on the golden rule, treat people as you want to be treated. But even more so, if you look at and i'll paraphrase this out of jesus teaching in the bible he said that when when i needed clothes you gave me clothes when i was thirsty you gave me water when i was hungry you gave me food And when i was sick you took care of us and and they said well master when did we do that and he said well when you take care of those most in need you're taking care of us so that vision of taking care of people being the hands of christ is our vision of success. And what that means clinically is that, you know, we had a patient that was filming, I told you about, I believe that her blood glucose was 600. Well, if we would have had a blood glucose screen, we could have stopped that from happening potentially. And maybe she could have gone to work or maybe she could have spent some time with her friends or family versus being in the hospital. So that's a vision of success. Also, if a child asthma is controlled so they can go to school, that's success. If a uh, patient has migraines and they can be prevented and go to work or go to school or go what, do whatever they need to do to be successful, that's success. So it's, it's really the hand up for the patient that's struggling, and it could be you know, we're focused on the uninsured, but it could be someone has the greatest insurance in the world. They just don't know how to take their medications. So if we can help that patient, we're that's successful. That's our vision of success. And we, you know, we'll have data to show that we're being successful because one question we'll ask, have you visited an emergency department or a hospital since the last time you were in here? And so, I mean, that's real basic, but the, hopefully the answer is no. <laughs> But uh, if it's yes, that it means, well, have you been taking your medication? And many times it's either I haven't taken it or my disease state's getting worse. So it's really two basic answers.
0: But what you're doing goes beyond controlling a disease or curing an illness. Like you said, people can go to school, they can they can be in the classroom more frequently, they can go to work and earn a living. So there are many implications beyond the health issue uh, when people don't have access to these medications.
1: Absolutely, it's uh, without access to medications, to immunizations, some of the fundamental immunizations people don't even think about, because those are disease that a couple generations have never experienced. But if you don't get vaccinated, it can come back. So uh, it's all about quality of life and keep people out there doing what they want to do to be successful.
0: John, thank you so much for being our guest, for sharing this new organization that you are about to open the doors to. We really appreciate all the work that you're doing in the community and wish you the best of luck. Once again, PharmacyOfGrace.org. You can go out there, you can donate, you can find out more about the services. And as John said, spread the word. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Carolyn.
2: This is Joe Close, president of Country Club Bank. Thank you to John Yost for being our guest on this episode of Banking on KC. As a pharmacist, John understands how important it is for people to manage their chronic illnesses with medication. Lack of access to that medication is more than a health issue. It's a quality of life issue. It keeps people from school, work, and caring for their families. Its economic toll on our communities and on the healthcare system itself is well documented. As the Pharmacy of Grace opens in Wyandotte County, we applaud John and his team for bringing affordable and sustainable access to prescription medications and pharmacy services to the Kansas City area. Thanks for tuning in today. We're banking on you Kansas City, Country Club Bank, Member FDIC.